I'd like to thank Motley Fool for sponsoring this episode. I've said before on ads that looking after yourself financially gets harder and harder with the cost of everything going up. Being a tight Scotsman, I use every method I can possible to save a little here or make the most of what I have there. Motley Fool is one way that you can definitely look to maximise your income from investments. The age of stock picking is here with towering inflation and elevating interest rates. Sticking your money in a passive market just isn't going to get you what it used to but it doesn't mean you have to abandon the market there are still ways to invest for the future you just need to know where to look which is where the motley fool comes in the motley fool stock advisor service highlights two stocks each and every month for members to add to their portfolios and it literally is paid to listen to them historically their average stock recommendation is up over 400 percent as of april 10th 2023 and listeners of That UFO Podcast can now access Motley Fool Stock Advisor for just $89 for their first year, a full $110 off the list price. What are you waiting for? Visit fool.com slash podcast. That's F-O-O-L dot com slash podcast to start your investing journey today. $110 discount off of $199 per year list price. Membership will renew annually at the then current list price. This is Leslie Kane, and you're listening to That UFO Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy, and I am joined for a breakdown as we head into May 2023 by Daniel S. Zetterstrom. Dan, welcome. I have a middle name. <laughs> Do you actually? Do you have a, I, I actually don't. No, I actually don't. Ah, Before ah. I changed my uh, surname, my surname was Nichols, and my mum always told me that my middle name would be Aaron, in which case it would have spelled Dan as my initials. But now, now it would be Daz, which is a detergent here in the UK. So not not as nice. good. And officially the worst opening to one of these episodes yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> hi folks. Uh, so, apologies about that. And uh, now you know about Dan's real name. Um, so, <laughs> it's not a real name. It's your, your other name. And uh, Dan's muted himself and then tried to talk into the mic. Sorry, I was muted. It's been a while since I did that. I was just about to say, yeah, people still ask for, oh, Dan's not been on mute for a while, so there you go. <laughs> but listen, uh, we've got a few things to discuss, uh, some comments that have been made in the last week or so um, that I think are worth going over, definitely. And what I'm going to do, given it's now, as we record, the 8th of May, is stick in the preview on the end to let you know some of the guests coming up this month for anyone who wants to send in any listener questions. But I'll warn you that a couple of them are being recorded tomorrow. So if you're hearing this on the 8th of May or early on the 9th, get your questions over and thanks to everyone who has sent over stuff already um but that'll be at the end don't skip you're not allowed listen to the whole thing um and promise we'll get to talking about ufos now uh dan uh, a few things first off for me ross coulter was on witness citizen with sean rash a couple of days ago um the big takeaway from that interview was ross coulter said in a statement there were as a timeline now of months and not years for big change in the ufo topic um i've got the, the the line here pretty much paraphrasing slightly as in a few months time you'll be looking back going oh roscoe what you knew it's going to resolve this issue once and for all so that's quite a big statement to make and in a in a topic and subject whenever people make claims they can be quite spurious or vague um we'll mention the anjali stuff a little bit shortly later on for a reason but Ross has got a really big reputation, a very serious reputation, and he's got a lot of respect for many of us in the community as well. Um, and for Ross to come out and say, looking at months rather than years, talking about whistleblowers, uh, that's that's quite a big, big thing for him to say. He also said that whistleblowers are going directly to Congress and circumventing Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick due to a lack of, kind of trust within him as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of those comments then? Yeah, it's interesting because Ross, he seems very busy and he's always talking to people mm. and he's always happy to kind of, you know, hint to us kind of thing. But but you're right, that timeline hasn't come into it before. No. And it seems like we're already seeing those repercussions from the hearings where Kirkpatrick was a little more conservative than some folk would like. And we, we spoke about credible evidence, that statement. And it certainly seems to have had an effect on people coming forward. There was a, a Fox News article this week saying, you know, that there was a service member that had seen an orb that was reluctant to come forward for the for those reasons because Kirkpatrick was, yeah, very, very conservative and, and a lot of people think he was, yeah, not necessarily telling the truth. But 
the the month's timeline thing is interesting because i mean we've heard this before right and and there are sometimes behind the scenes delays and things like that so for ross to come out and kind of say yeah it's definitely going to be within months that's that's real interesting you you got to wonder what we're going to get in a few months you know like what what is that going to look like is it going to come as a statement from kirkpatrick is it going to come as a statement from the u.s government is it just going to be james fox sharing his testimony that he's taken with these whistleblowers um yeah it's it's curious certainly that classified system that was mandated by last year's ndaa hasn't been set up yet and a few senators have published letters to you know some of the the bosses in the dod kind of saying that they need to hurry up and, and get this done. Um, curious how people are talking about classified things outside of a skiff, though, for me. So it's one of these things that I take it seriously because Ross has said it, but I'm going to hold it lightly so that I don't get disappointed if there are delays, you know? Yeah, and I think Ross is a, a big boy and has enough credibility in the bank as well that if, if that doesn't come to fruition... I would take enough stock in what he says as to why that would be. And like you say, we've been here before with with claims, but someone like Ross coming out who has my respect, I won't speak for you, but I'm, I, I, know, I know he does. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, um, he, he says that, he means it, and there's reasons for him saying it as well. And it does seem to correlate with what others have said around that kind of summertime whistleblowers coming forward. Apparently whistleblowers, as we're hearing, um, have spoken to Congress and members of Congress already. James Fox, who we'll get to, has said he has spoken to to folks as well. And it seems that there are people speaking, but not to Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick. It seems like he's very much, again, to use analogies, like the football manager whose team just isn't playing for him right now. But as soon as someone else comes in, he's going to get a tune out of them. Um, they're just kind of down tools a little bit. So it doesn't seem to me that he's going to have, he's not, he's not the right person for this. We heard that from other people, but the whole purpose of what he's doing is for those types of folks who want to come forward and talk should be able to go to him as a first point of contact. And if they're already going past him, then the position becomes a bit untenable. I'll just add Chris Plain, who was on with me last week talking about the Chicago O'Hare UFO. He's the senior science writer at The Debrief. And he is along with people like Tim McMillan, Micah Hanks and others. A really credible person to go to for conversation. They don't just make up spurious content. And he said himself, given he speaks to Tim and others, he expects to hear by the end of the year, you know, again, within months, not not years, big things to take place in the UFO conversation. I don't doubt, and I've said before to many guests, Dan, and, and to you, there, there are, is always an opportunity that the toothpaste goes back in the bottle or this goes away in some way, shape or form because it's happened before. But that's not to say we're not past a point of progress that we've maybe not been at before. So it's, like I've said, could be sitting here in 40 years time, Dan, doing one of these going, oh, well, you know, there's a new UAP task force been put in place with, you know, Senator Gillibrand's kids are running it and we hope this time it's going to be the kind of way forward. We don't know. Um, but, Right now, we're at a good place. It seems conversations are being had. How much that progresses, I think, could really tip this conversation either way. Yeah, I would agree. The The big question for me that it raises is, you know, why does Arrow exist if people aren't going to go there because they trust them? And like I said before, I'm not sure that's entirely Kirkpatrick's fault. He seems to enjoy chess, but just realizes the board is a bit rigged. Um, so we, we wanted people to kind of push past the DOD for these things anyway. So if that's happening... This is a good thing. You know, they, they should be skipping the DOD and talking directly to the senators and things like that. But it does raise the question of why does Arrow even exist? Why don't we have an independent, completely independent thing that isn't under the umbrella of the DOD if that's what they're doing? Yeah, uh, Chris Mellon chimed in on this as well with a thread of tweets on how military personnel like Chad Underwood, David Fravor, Kevin Day have all reported the sort of data that Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick says they haven't got or he hasn't seen talking about credible evidence. And I'll just read you the, the sixth tweet of Chris Mellon's six tweets. Although what really happened on the uh, the date of the Nimitz event, it was the 11th, four, it's down here as the 14th, of, ah, 14th of November 2004, Sorry, UK-based. I was going the 11th of the 14th. That's not a date. So, <laughs> yeah. So the 14th of November, 2004, and perhaps never will be resolved with much confidence for Dr. Kirkpatrick to go so far as to claim there's no credible evidence of objects that defy the known laws of physics is disingenuous at best. Corroborating reports from multiple serious military witnesses are not proof, but they are credible evidence. I think that's a fair statement, but 
to to sit on the fence and play devil's advocate, I understand why a, a lot of folks don't see that as enough. And to them, it might not be quote-unquote credible evidence, but I can absolutely see what Chris Mellon's getting at here. Yeah, for sure. You, you know, what, what Mellon is talking about here, the data from the Nimitz and things like that, Famously, that went missing, right? The Databricks were supposedly taken off the ship and Chris said that he he tried to get them where they should be and they were gone, you know, the logs were gone. So there's a question of access here and whether Kirkpatrick actually has seen that stuff or whether he hasn't. Um, and that brings us back to that Title 10 versus Title 50 discussion. You know, when Lou Elizondo, uh, a number of people have said uh, that Lou should go work for Arrow. And the truth is that Lou wouldn't be able to share everything that he knows because Lou had Title 50 access when he was at OUSDI uh, and Kirkpatrick only has Title 10. So there would be literal things that, you know, Kirkpatrick's deputy would have to be like, sorry, can't talk to you about that, you know? Um, but you got to wonder if if Lou had access to that stuff too. You, you know, they him and Chris seemed to look for it and they just didn't find it. There was a job listing put up this week for Arrow for a deputy director. And that listed... That basically the person that you know is ideal for that role would be able to take all the different forms of intelligence, whether it's sensors, whether it's witness testimony, so on and so forth. Witness testimony comes under what we call human or human intelligence. And it said that that's important. So it's really quite confusing why these interviews aren't being counted as credible when it's specified in the job title that they are a credible form of evidence, you know? And I get as well, it's not just the, the the testimony, but there must be data to back up what they're talking about as well. Because it's like myself, if I got into a really high, say I applied for that deputy director role and I'm successful and I get the job, God help you all. Um, and I go in there and- I think you'd be good at it for it's worth. They wouldn't understand me. Um, <laughs> but say, say I sit with Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick and say, okay, as your deputy, I'm going to share my testimony. And I talk about the event I saw in the 90s where this huge Ferris wheel thing. Like, what does he do with that from there? There's nothing because it is just testimony. What you've got with Fravor, Underwood, Graves, you know, Dietrich, is there is a whole ton of data that should be there to back this up. Even if you want to look at what they say and go, I don't believe you, that's fine. Don't believe me. But you can go and get the data from what they saw from that event. Um, whether that's satellite data that's still kicking about, I'm sure, whether those brick, data bricks that we hear so much about in different stories, there should be stuff there to corroborate and and back up what Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick is saying they don't have. So that's, yeah, that's a frustration. Absolutely. And and there's something to be said for the anomalous nature of these things that, you know, sometimes people have seen craft that don't show up on radar and don't show up on other sensors. But, you know, you, you expect some sensor to pick some kind of yeah. anomaly up to just be like, yeah, something's different in that area. Don't know what it is, but there's something going on there, you know? Hundred percent, yeah. So um, more on that one, no doubt soon. And I like the fact there's a time scale on it because it's May. You're looking at June, July, August here. And if it gets to September and still nothing, then questions will no doubt start being asked. But I think what we're lucky with people like Ross Coulthard and Bryce Zabel having need to know uh, as a podcast and a platform is to keep us up to date on a regular basis. And Ross Coulthard isn't shy about going in other podcast shows or on his own and keeping us up to date. So fingers yeah. crossed, we hear more from that. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed. And and just to kind of, because you hinted at your sighting there and so many people might not be aware, um, yours is in Ryan's new book, right? No. Is it not? No, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah right, Spriggs, yeah. The yeah, sto stories from. Right yeah, stories from somewhere in the skies. My, my Leaf on the Wind sighting is in there too. So if you're curious, you, you know, Andy and I both submit uh, sightings there and it, it means something to share them and have them being taken seriously. And, and I think that kind of, you know, if I'd have submitted my story to Arrow and then heard Kirkpatrick say, there's nothing credible, I'd be like, what the hell, man? <laughs> you know? I think ours are back to back in the in the book as well. I think they're oh, chapter really? after chapter, yeah, pretty sure. Um, so yeah, uh, and if you've not checked it out, listen to the interview with Ryan Sprague from last week and he shared some of his favourite stories from that as well. And I had a cracking pun about um, Skinwalker Ranch and aliens walking down the street. Oh yeah, that was good. A title change, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I like that. I was quite proud of myself. <laughs> I'd like to thank Liquid IV for sponsoring this episode. 
Folks, you've heard me bang on about my own health and fitness journey the last year or so and how it's true that by looking after yourself, you just feel better. Staying hydrated is key to having the energy to get through your daily routine feeling good. That's where Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and their hydration multiplier is the one product you may be missing in that daily routine. Eating and drinking healthy can sometimes be boring, but the range of flavours offered by Liquid IV takes care of that, with lemon and lime, pina colada and tropical punch among some of the best, though I'm particularly fond of the strawberry lemonade. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone, containing five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12 and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of premium sports drinks and its non g GMO and gluten-free, dairy and soya-free too. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code THATUFO at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code THATUFO at liquidiv.com. Um, but on to the serious news. Um, just to touch on an interview from last week, I'm just going to ask Dan's opinion. Christopher Plain was on with me talking about the article he co-authored with Micah Hanks from The Debrief about the Chicago O'Hare UFO UAP event from 2006. And essentially the article was that a group called Applied Physics, which is made up of 30 or more physicians, uh, physicists, sorry, physicians are um, doctors, aren't they? Um, physicists, um, as a group say have- surgeons. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Rocket surgeons. <laughs> they have looked into this as a bit of a, for a, almost a bit of fun. It sounded like Chris said, like, as a as a side project, and they came to the conclusion purely based on testimony and nothing else from the people that were there on the day in Chicago O'Hare Airport that it was likely an object that had some kind of warp drive on it. Um, we won't talk about about the event or that, Dan. It's we've, we've talked about it before and it, uh, talked about it a lot with Chris. But how how do you feel about? a serious group like that of real scientists, real academics looking at this stuff and going probably a warp drive, to be honest, based on what we have, is this good for the topic overall or is it still lacking something? I I really enjoyed it because this is kind of where we have to start with things, right? Uh, We can observe something and and it implies a whole bunch of things that you can kind of almost backwards engineer just from the knowledge that it happened. Uh, Michael Masters does a similar thing. You know, he works with the idea of the greys and kind of says, okay, big heads, small bodies. If we went to space, our heads would get bigger, our bodies would shrink, you know? know? So you can kind of imply things from it. So yeah, I I really love the article. And through through their kind of work, they basically came up with a bunch of observables, right? That that Lou had kind of shared with us from his ATIP days, the five observables. So, yeah, it's really valuable for people to do that. And you asked him a question at one point that I really liked where you said, you know, as we go forward, if, you know, the the reality of what's happening is confirmed by the US government, does it mean that academics are suddenly going to go back through all these old cases? And I think that's almost exactly what needs to happen. You know, pe- people like us kind of pour over these old cases and kind of go, okay, well, that means that, that's similar, you, you know, between all these things. So to have academics do that and draw conclusions from it that, okay, this sure, you know, it quacks like a duck. It looks like a duck. Maybe it is a duck. Uh, It's valuable. And that kind of thing will, if they could confirm somehow, you know, like 99%, like this is probably a warp drive because that's how we'd expect it to, to behave. Just the knowledge that one of those could exist will inspire a scientist somewhere to start working on it properly and, and trying to engineer it for themselves. And, that that's what we call progress, right? Absolutely. And Dan, do you know what's better than a duck? A fox. And James Fox has been in the news <laughs> still recently um, with his uh, his recent appearance on Joe Rogan has uh, kept the conversation going. Uh, nice little ripple in the pond still from from that appearance. A lot of sound bites going around. Um, and if you haven't heard, uh, Logan Paul, famous YouTuber, celebrity, WWE wrestler, prime aficionado along with KSI um, basically went to Chuck Clark's property and we've talked about this recently but very quickly if you're just catching up Chuck Clark apparently has a piece of footage on VHS which is astounding footage of a potential UFO above two guys filming it back in the 90s apparently it's incredible um, James Fox has seen it Logan Paul has seen it apparently Logan Paul has gone there and filmed it secretly Um and James Fox has been on Twitter and he's even tagging Logan Paul to say, if you've filmed this, do you plan on releasing it? 
because I'm one of those ones that would happily watch this footage, even if it is secret camera. I'm thinking Logan Paul trench coat camera underneath, you know. Um, I'm sure it was something more subtle than that. But if that footage has been filmed, I want to see it, regardless of how degraded the footage is, because it's a 90s VHS now we hear. But I also wondered, Dan, is it, is it worth saying that, is this how, or hmm, let me rephrase it, is this another way we can look at approaching some kind of official confirmation or disclosure? Is that, and I see people get really annoyed at celebrities, right, being involved in the UFO topic. Tom DeLong, prime example. Um, I've said often about Kanye West going up in SpaceX as a tourist and or Virgin Galactic rockets and seeing something and filming it with an iPhone, right? Why not a celebrity now? Because with the, the reach and impact of social media and instant gratification and instant information, why wouldn't it be something as ridiculous as Logan Paul filming something he shouldn't and putting out there for the world to see because does he really care the guy's got hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank he's not signing ndas for ufo stuff he it wouldn't upset him or if you know james fox introduced logan paul to chuck clark would logan paul necessarily care that james fox and chuck clark's relationship could be affected you know why why not purely for the recognition go out and put it out there not saying it's right or wrong I don't think James Fox seems too fussed on Logan Paul putting out there from what he's from what he's saying. So why why wouldn't this kind of celebrity involvement end up in having an impact? It wouldn't be the first time, would it? No. I mean, you, you know, when you were talking about reaching impact there, I just thought of Tom DeLong immediately. You, you know how, how much he progressed the conversation just by getting a few videos out there that we're still debating to this day, you know? Um, yeah, and you, you're right as well. Logan, Logan Paul historically isn't the kind of person to be bothered by some some of the blowback and things like that he's more about just you know getting things done and and putting together a show which you know i can respect i don't really care if the the video is degraded myself or like from a little button cam it reminds me of calvin you know for years it was like this myth and sure like finding one of the photos just brought up more questions and things like that and the same thing would happen here but we have a real chance to kind of progress the conversation in this area now and I mean, I don't want to say if it was me and Paul Logan or Logan Paul's shoes that I would just release it, but it would be it would be mighty tempting to, you know, just yeah. get it out there and be like, cool, here's the video. This is what we're going to be looking at. And then we can start asking questions and maybe Chuck Clark would release it after that and kind of go, OK, well, you've kind of seen it now, you know, through through no fault of his because uh, he seems to have promised the, the person that gave it to him that he wouldn't reveal it. Uh, but, you know, if his hand is tipped by someone like uh Logan Paul, then I keep I keep going to say Paul Logan because Paul is a traditional first name, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if his hand is tipped by something like this, I I think that's fair. I, I would like to see it. Uh, and yeah, no no money's really changing hands. It's it, it would just put a kind of pin in this part of the conversation instead of you know a lot of people are looking at this and kind of go no it's marketing you know they've they've obviously kind of planned this and are just getting the conversation going but. I trust James, um, and and I think he he does great work. So if he's kind of barking up this tree, I think it's a tree worth barking up. Yeah, I'd like the opportunity to make up my own mind about the footage, even like you say, if it's someone filming the footage, at least I could say, yeah, it looks interesting, but I need to see the actual copy. Or you could look at it and go, even you can tell from that secondhand footage that it's not going to be worth it. You know, it's not what we thought. Let us make up our own mind. And that's why when Jeremy Corbell releases footage or... A and other rubber duck footage, all that kind of stuff. I'd rather see it and get to make up my own mind than not have anything released and just have endless debate about the lack of footage. So I'd rather see something and decide for myself. And same as everyone else, you know, stuff I've seen that I'm sure isn't officially a UFO or exotic technology. Other people maybe see something in it, and that's fine. We all we all get to make up an opinion based on on what we think. Um, still on that, James Fox on a Brazilian UFO podcast announced that there's a two hundred thousand dollar reward for video of the alleged Virginia, for anyone who likes me saying that, there you go, uh, Virginia being. I, I um, saw someone said they have a heart attack every time you say that. Yes, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and I have to think very carefully when I say it. So from the being from the Brazilian incident, um, God, that actually still works with the whole Virginia thing, saying Brazilian, doesn't it? Never thought of that before. <laughs> um, sorry, folks. So yeah, the, there's a video allegedly of a live being that was from that incident that apparently is out there. James Fox has spoken to people who assure him it's there. $200,000 for me. 
that's a lot of money for James Fox. He said himself, he's not got that kind of money just kicking about in the bank, you know. He's got a family and a house and all that kind of stuff as well. So even if it is his own money, it's a chunk of change. I look again at your your Joe Rogans, your Logan Pauls. That is, that's a drop in the ocean to them. Surely just for the kicks and for fun. If I was them and I had $200 million in my bank, I'd be going, do you know what? I'll give you a million, a couple of million, just from the, the marketing possibilities on this alone. I wouldn't care about that money. If someone has that video, give me it, I'll buy it off them and and go from there. Because um, it ends the conversation for for good or it really kicks it on in a big way if there's a live video of a being. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It, we it's talked like, about that before, I know, but just, just quick thoughts on it, Dan. Well, it, well, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because this is, again, another thing that's kind of close to the finish line. The, the bit that kind of confuses me is that, you know, apparently the guy was going to go for the 20K and now it's up to 200K and they're looking for other people. So maybe the guy, the the original kind of source is, you know, playing a bit hard to get. But the, the whole thing for me is, you know, would either of these videos bring disclosure? No, no. They wouldn't, right? No. Um, so though we're kind of putting this importance on them, neither one is kind of going to be, you know, the nail in the coffin. This is a long drawn out process that's going to be chipped away at and our paradigms will shift, as Thomas Kuhn says, over like 30 to 50 years. But there's a whole other portion from this Virginia case to do with, um, I forget the guy's name and that's really bugging me, Mario something. Mario um, Woods. Uh, Mar- not Mario Woods. He he was the gentleman who was killed basically by oh, yeah, touching yeah. the being. And a number of people have have kind of come up with several angles on it. And one that I hadn't heard, just to share this side of things, was that um, the bacteria was identified as an Earth bacteria, which we I think we spoke about before that you know maybe the immune system shut down and then he got affected. But what I didn't know was the doctor uh, confirmed that the guy actually had prior surgery on like maybe a cyst under his arm and that mm-hmm. the surgeon was sued for malpractice. Uh, so it's possible that sepsis could have been the result of all this, you know, but Leslie Kane has spoken about at the, the conference in New York recently, Leslie Kane has that medical report and it's being translated. So we'll, we'll see it sooner rather than later. It's a really intriguing case. And when we reviewed it, you know, I, I we, we said before that it's curious that James goes into this, kind of investigation kind of going eh did it happen and then by the end he's like yeah something happened here you know yeah yeah <laughs> no, that, we should keep pulling that's it but it's good to see it's been chased up and james is active on social media which is always good and uh he's he's still going at it as well so yeah uh, really interesting stuff um jumping all over the place on this breakdown an exchange between john greenwald george knapp eric weinstein or weinstein I don't know why I put the V on it there, um, unless that's correct. And <laughs> Stephen Greenstreet uh, happened, didn't it, Dan? I'd seen the initial exchange. Um, a little bit immature between Greenwald and Knapp. Uh, not blaming anyone, but yeah, they, they had a bit of a back and forward. And then an Eric Weinstein comes into it, who is seen as a kind of serious scientist, academic from outside the UFO subject, who very much has not just his toe, but his whole foot in the water. And... Is, has had an interest recently in the Bob Lazar conversation and he would go on Rogan and debate Lazar, uh, not believing his story. And he he saw the exchange between Greenwald and Knapp and was like, I don't get the issues that you lot have in this community between you. And then Stephen Greenstreet got involved and then Eric Weinstein again was very much, you know, Dan, what he's doing, wasn't he? It was, it was almost like a the senior parent coming along, like the older parent and admonishing the children. And these are all professionals that a lot of people still respect, regardless what individual you think of them. You know, I'm a patron of John Greenwald, regardless what people think, and I've had disagreements with him, and he's had disagreements with me online before. I try and stay out of it. Um, but I appreciate the work he does from the UFO subject. Huge respect for George Knapp. And I've had Stephen Greenstreet on the podcast in the past before things changed for him as well. Again, I've got no personal issue with Stephen Greenstreet. Crack on, you know, things change. Um, opinions change. But again, is this what we need the outside world seeing when they jump in and go oh do you know what this ufo story is quite interesting i'm going to jump on twitter put an hashtag ufo twitter and see what's going on and they see some of the respected names if you want to call them influencers i don't know but respected names and they see that kind of pettiness and it's like come on it doesn't help anyone you know and then you see like an eric weinstein and we'll get to the lazar thing again in a second i've got a question on that for you but what do you think of that, Dan? And look, we're all guilty of it. We've all had a bit of a back and forward online before. 
there comes a point you just have to kind of grow out of it though yeah i agree i i really like derek's point you know where the conversation ended up um the the exchange made me laugh because it was just so extremes and eric kind of just coming into that exchange between greenwald and a nap where you know there might have been a penis picture posted um and just <laughs> saying i don't understand this <laughs> you know, well like, it wasn't a penis picture it was a phallic object that's true it was a phallic but it was meant to be (laughs) yeah that's the one yeah an iceberg Um, yeah and then weinstein just said i don't understand the the you know the relationships in this community but he ultimately came to kind of saying to Stephen, like look i i've bandied the idea about that this is all not real but ultimately it's goddamn fascinating, even if we're there, you know? Mm-hmm. This, this is kind of like a... Well, let, let me read his final tweets. Yeah. He said, uh, have you not been listening to what I've said? That we oh, sorry, be- this was what Eric Weinstein said Eric Weinstein. in re- yeah. response to Stephen Greenstreet and that thread, yeah. yeah. So, have you not been listening to what I've said, that we might be faking UFO situation, or we might be covering up the duplicity of our own Operation Fortitude-type program? I honestly don't understand you. Keep going, though. He's talking about the pettiness there. Yeah. And then he says, something big is going on. It involves spying, classified R&D, deception, religion, physics. But I'm neither invested in the little green man nor the it's obviously all BS crowds. I simply don't understand what it is I'm looking at. Why do we turn everything into a battle? I don't get it. And that's such a good point because... When when I first came to UFO Twitter, that was the point. We you know we we kind of refer to ourselves as UFO centrists. Like we're not saying it's one thing. We're saying, hey, there's something here, and we should probably look at it. Whether that turns out to be nonsense or tech or something else, you know. Personally, I feel there's enough evidence for the something else, but that's debatable. And yeah, we we all got to work together to get this down the road. Like sniping each other and kind of saying my narrative is the correct one doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't clear anything up, you know. 100%, yeah. So um, Eric Weinstein as well recently said uh, he tagged Joe Rogan. He's been on Joe Rogan before, and he said he would happily have Bob Lazar and himself on Joe Rogan's podcast debate the whole debate the whole Bob Lazar story and the, the issues and the fallacies he sees with that. And that's one that's came up again recently. Um, Douglas Dean Johnson had an article, didn't he, on the Lazar story and yeah, digging right. into it again in a lot of detail. Um kind of the education side of things, which George yeah. reported on, you know, he reported on straight up kind of saying, yeah, the, there's something weird going on with the education here, but I can't see the way what it is, right? Yeah, I think when I spoke to George Knapp uh, about it, he had mentioned that, and I'm probably going to bastardize this, but people in that sort of position who are kind of highly skilled or highly intelligent or are looking to do certain roles or jobs potentially could could be in certain classes, but not enrolled properly to the college or university which is probably convenient from any skeptics point of view going well of course it would be and yeah it doesn't help does it but it's not to say that that couldn't also be the reason that bob lazar maybe did attend certain classes for things but didn't necessarily have a proper enrollment at those at those places of education so who yeah. knows there's, there's enough uh, there's enough ambiguity around the whole thing to question and i've said to you before i don't believe 100 percent the full bob lazar story but i think there's enough of it that's true for whatever reason whether it's protecting him or not to to say that there was there was something to it yeah absolutely smoke there's fire you know that kind of thing how far that goes we don't know we would certainly like to get to the bottom of it there there was an exchange that chris mellon had with joe rogan off camera you know they said on camera i i know a little bit more about why you wouldn't find the educational stuff yeah uh, with lazar but we'll speak off camera about it so there certainly seems to be some idea or information there that the public just isn't privy to supposedly he was there for a specific reason so you gotta wonder, you know, maybe maybe he wasn't enrolled. Maybe he was just sent to a few classes by his bosses. To be fair, maybe maybe Chris Mellon turns around and goes, "Look, it got deleted. Yeah, it's literally just government taking it out there to to throw some cold water on the story." And I'd no doubt Rogan would go, oh, "That's just I can't go. I can't go with that. That's that's too obvious. It's too you know." And that that might be as simple as that, or it could be something else. But we don't know. We might never find out. I hope we do, one yeah. way or another. Um, do, do you think, can I ask, like, what for you would be the value of a Weinstein versus Lazard debate? Like, I, I'm very oh, much into my nerdy stuff. but You're I'm, reading yeah. my question. I forgot to ask oh, you. I? <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, why should Lazard do it and why shouldn't he? Um, so, yeah, fair, fair enough asking me. Um, I, I don't think there's any reason, personally, that he shouldn't do it. Because by not doing it, you just 
throw up more questions. And if he has to go on and do it and say at certain times, look, I, I just can't tell you why, then that's that's fine because we're going to talk about something else in a second just to kind of start wrapping up a little bit, But um, which is similar. But the Bob Lazar story is massive. It's one of the best-known stories in the UFO lore or community or, or world. Um, I would like to see it. But I suppose by not doing it, not that it's right or wrong, you just give ammunition to those who doubt the story because, well, there you go. But there's plenty of things, do you know what, I wouldn't go in and debate because I'm either not educated enough or don't have an interest in it or I just don't want to. And maybe Lazar with us is like, I've got nothing to prove here. I've, you know, I don't want to do it. My story's out there. Crack on. But I don't know. Yeah, I I would generally agree with that. Like even being a little more nerdy into physics and things like that. I, I feel like there's there's almost a danger that Eric would talk about, you know, getting into the quantum stuff, so the things that he's clearly really ex- can, can expertly talk about and that Lazar would kind of be like, yeah, I, you know, worked on this physics in the 80s and it's very different now. <laughs> um, so they, they might not necessarily come to an agreement and it doesn't necessarily mean that one knows less than the other. They just know different things, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a fan of these gotcha kind of moments yeah. you know if, if it was a, a debate i'd want a healthy debate you, you know I, i'd want them to kind of dig down on the truth not kind of prove whether lazar's lying or not just you know work through all of the the information and just kind of say does does this make sense on any level whatsoever even if it's one percent you know it, it's similar, really curious yeah similar a few weeks ago when i mentioned seeing that ben shapiro russell brand conversation two divisive characters for different reasons very different lifestyles different beliefs morals um, and they had a very adult, rational conversation back to back going, I do not agree with some of the things you do and I don't agree with some of the things you do, but here's a conversation and it was actually really nice and you could actually watch it and don't not agree with either of them and that's fine. That's absolutely, and that's just being rational, common sense person, not even an adult, just a common sense person because a child should be able to have a conversation and go oh yeah okay don't agree but that's fine and um yeah i I would love to see that on a show on a platform like rogan but if rogan doesn't want to do it i'll throw my hat in the ring but hey (laughs) um so yeah can can cobell come on with lazar if you do it 100 percent. cool nice you've heard it here jeremy if you're listening (laughs) let's get this done (laughs) (laughs) absolutely um and down the down the celebrity ufo scale um for credible stories that may or may not be credible or stories that may or not be credible sorry and the anjali stuff came back up now to to mention john ramirez is coming on the podcast with me tomorrow i think it's like his third appearance um he made some some comments and quotes recently uh on various different podcasts um particularly relating to the anjali story anjali was a character who apparently uh, she's not a character she's a real person but the, the way the whole story has been presented, it comes across like a character. And to be honest, a work of fiction, the way it comes across, not saying it is or isn't, depending where you are on it. But I've mentioned before, I think it's something that should really be put to bed because the whole presentation of her coming forward, knowing that there are alien beings on a cave here somewhere on Earth, but she's the only person that can go. And because of certain situations, she wasn't allowed to take anyone to the cave doing the whole World Cup tournament of UFO Twitter to see who was going to get to go with her, which was really strange in itself. Um, Yeah, all of that just destroyed any credibility for if that was true, it was totally done the wrong way. And you can see why, even if people like Lou Elizondo and even let's use Bob Lazar, if his story is completely true, why he doesn't just come out and say all the incredible stuff because look how it sounds and look how it looks. And look what happens when things maybe do change. Um, so if anyone does have any questions for John Ramirez, he's on with me tomorrow, send them in. Um, I'll be asking about that, but I don't want to make the whole podcast about the Anjali stuff because I've I've said my piece on it before. And Dan, I think you're very much in agreement with me, aren't you, around, around that whole thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is an easy thing to clear up. Um, I was surprised to hear, you know, John kind of endorse this story. And and I'm curious to hear what he has to say about it because I know you'll talk to him about it because, you know, we, you can you can have local conversations with people and i'm sure john will be up for the discussion too uh john's also given out the date of 2027 so Mm. yeah there's there's some some i mean between john and ross and all these claims that people are making there's certainly some 
some short-term kind of reckonings coming in the future. <laughs> reckonings might be the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Like, just we'll, we'll know for sure whether these people are, you know, a little indulging a little in certain not clear truths or whether they know for sure, you know? Unless things get delayed. Unless things get delayed. And yeah, bureaucracies, this happens. And and I'm not one, you know, if it gets delayed, I'm not just going to call, say say like, oh, well, it was nonsense then, you know? Delays yeah. happen. Um, but at the same time, I want to I hear people talk about this, you know? Um, I, I saw on social media when John mentioned it that a lot of people kind of just said, oh, I'm not listening to him anymore. And it kind of annoyed me because it's like you're not you're not armed with the information if you're going to just cut off you know throw the baby out with the bathwater yeah. so to speak. Um, I much prefer kind of the approach that you and I take. You know, hold it hold it lightly, take it seriously, remember these claims, and and just talk about them. And we can make our own minds up and talk to John about it. You know, and John says himself quite openly a lot of it is opinion, and his opinion he's not presenting fact all the time. And that can be misconstrued, can't it? And that that happens. Um, So John Ramirez is on and Stephen Bassett will also be joining me this week as well. Um, Those interviews are actually back to back tomorrow for me, um, but they'll be released, obviously, apart from each other. Is Stephen joining you or are you joining him? Well, yeah, yeah. There's a few questions in. Yeah, I've got both questions for Stephen written out. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Stephen, disclosure advocate, he has been on this in this subject in a big way for many, many decades now. Um, and he's going to talk about, you know, all the things that Stephen Bassett talks about, especially where the, the whole disclosure movement is in 2023. And with all of these claims people are making, What's his thoughts on it? What are his thoughts on Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, Arrow, um, Stephen Greer, where he is right now? And uh, he's got a new documentary coming out or out. I can't remember. I think it premiered uh, at the event. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's 99% what the documentary last year was, right? With the little kind of updates from this year. Yeah, with new crying. Sorry to, the, <laughs> sorry, sorry to the Stephen Greer fans out there. Uh, I would totally have him on just to speak to him. Um, and then also Ron James, who was the director of Accidental Truth. But to be fair, I've not watched it myself yet. I'm going to be watching it before I speak to him. But uh, I've seen a lot of nice comments about it. Some people less interested, but yeah, it's got some of the, the talking heads you would expect and whatnot involved. And then also Darcy Weir back talking about his new documentary, Fast Walkers, after he was on talking about secret Apollo missions with us last month as well. And Darcy's really passionate about the UFO subject as well. So I'm sure that'll be an interesting one. So get your questions in for those. Graham Rendell will still be on with me this month. Apologies to Graham directly. And uh, also Klaus is going to be on. That's been delayed. People are asking Um scheduling busy lives and then dan wanted in on that one as well and yeah, it's mostly me right like i'll take the blame for this one yeah I, totally I dan. traveling and and the schedules didn't quite line up but yeah klaus sandy and i talk all the time so we'll get that sorted 100 percent. and yeah and then already i'm looking at some of the guests for june um should have i'll just say it now anyway should have diana pasulka and also michael masters coming on um but i've not arranged solid dates with them just yet so uh, i'll get that sorted out but it's only early may so give me a chance hi everyone if you listen to the podcast on an apple device you can support directly by going on to apple podcasts and clicking the subscribe button and for less than the price of a coffee per month you can get early access to episodes episodes in full and no adverts or sponsorships like this one you're hearing now it also supports directly to me at the podcast so thank you very much also don't forget to go and leave the podcast on apple a five-star review and make sure you click the follow button too thanks um, Dan, just to finish up a couple of polls on Twitter, I'd asked a question. Um, so I asked on Twitter, we as a species are contacted by an ET civilization. Each of us get to ask and have one question answered, but it's only a yes or a no. What are you asking? Now, I appreciate everyone who commented and many of you did. I'd say about half of them weren't yes or no questions. So um, yeah, that caused a lot of debate between you open yourself up to trolls straight away if you don't do that, folks. So I had to leave you on that one. Um, <laughs> top of the pile, though, uh, Whitley Strieber commented, former guest, very well known. His question was, are you alone? So he was asking ET civilization, are you alone? Which, interesting. Yeah, that's interesting, right? Given Whitley's experiences and things like that, he, he you know, has famously shifted from them being extraterrestrials to something else to do with the afterlife. And yeah, just hearing whether the aliens have their, or not aliens, but the others have their own mysteries in the universe or whether they're completely knowledgeable about anything. Yeah. So yeah, it's curious to think about. Uh, Brennan asks, does consciousness continue beyond death of the body? 
I was like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, there's not cool. much point in us answering a mister. Um, there was also <laughs> Laura uh, asked, do you feel love? Do you reproduce? Is emotion a construct? Uh, Bob Fiddeman, what took you so long? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not a yes or a no, but I thought I'd read that one out. Someone's asked, can you say purple burglar alarm? But I'm guessing that was to the aliens. Their answer would be no. Uh, Joop <laughs> Yeah, Joop Joop for the Guardians fans out there. Um and yeah, there's a lot of really interesting questions on there. So if you get a chance, jump on the thread uh, and have a look at those. And do you know what? Thanks to anyone who put questions in because I think there's enough there for a, a bonus show at some point on just your questions for an AT yeah. civilization getting in touch. Uh, Dan, you put yeah. a poll as well. It was pretty one-sided, to be honest. Do you want to go for that one? Yeah, it was. So um, I asked basically that if senators find out about old crash retrieval programs and tell us they're not related to anything not to do with us, um, would you believe them? Because I'm just curious, you know, we, we've spoken about where that announcement will come from, how much people trust those people that could potentially announce it. And I mean, it was 18% of people said, yes, they would trust them. 82% of people said they wouldn't, which is, yeah, it's 182 there. But uh, but yeah, um, you you got to wonder, you know, how, how do you, from a media and a PR perspective, how, how does Arrow or Gillibrand or any of the other senators, how, how do they combat something like that? Because it's clear that just on this subject, the, the trust is shot in any announcement that they could possibly ask. So some think, of the responses... Oh, go on, sorry. No, I was, I was, do, you, do you not just think in 2023, we've talked about this, I think, before as well, that any kind of conversation around UFOs from an official point of view is always going to have a huge lack of trust. You know, yeah. they could literally wheel out the bodies onto the White House lawn, and I think people would be divided on it, you know. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, you know, Jen said, I don't believe anything from DC. Ha ha. You know, that was the kind of uh, the, the ha ha kind Marvel of fan. Like. Yeah, Marvel <laughs> fan. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, someone said, maybe not for ET, but they could have still retrieved some cool tech. Um, and then uh, Carl says, for no, because for 80 years, the subject has been in a constant state of contradiction, e.g., Kirkpatrick's recent stance on UFOs, despite dozens of witnesses uh, stating the exact opposite. Uh, somebody's not telling the truth. And that that was kind of the sentiment through most of the replies, you know. Um, the government plays games, so unfortunately, they seem to have lost the lost the trust in this front. Absolutely, and even uh, Jean, who I know comments on a lot of stuff as well, she said no because after seventy six years of misdirection in the face of overwhelming evidence, I don't have faith in their sincerity. So that's that's a really fair comment as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Why, why um, should we believe you now? Yeah, exactly. And and I remember Tom DeLong when when he went, you know, to that Lockheed meeting to talk with them to make his presentation about talking about this subject. Part of that was, hey, people don't trust you. You you kind of need to get this trust back and we can start regaining trust by having this conversation. And it, it's almost tragic and amusing to kind of see the arm wrestle that's taken place since where, you know, it seems like some people want to talk about it from the government and other ones just want to kind of bury it under the carpet. Uh, they, they need, they need to, you know, have a little powwow and <laughs> yeah. get, get their ducks in a row. Final comment from it though. And a nice way, I think to wrap up as well, just to bring things back to all the, with all the obfuscation and as it, isn't it, you know, what if it's all nonsense? What if it's all a psyop stuff? Banjo Rich put, if it was shown that Roswell and the Tic Tac were homemade devices with no alien input and that it was there was no non-human crash uh, retrieval programs, would that kill the UFO topic stone cold dead? Do you know what? No, it would it would it would wound it. But people like me, people like you, Dan, anyone listening to this who's ever had a sighting of something they can't explain, even forgetting my black triangle one, say I totally misidentified a small aircraft, right? Don't think I did, but you know, just say. Um I saw that fucking oh, language. I saw, <laughs> I I'll saw that you on YouTube. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Um, and I'm leaving it in for everyone else. Sorry, folks. Hope you guys weren't listening. Um, I saw that Ferris wheel type object on its side. That was not anything for any reason. That was a satellite. You know, it was down low. It was on the ground. It was spinning on its side at a stupid angle, ridiculously fast. There was no need for it to be there. Couldn't think what it would be. You know, that that for me. And people like me and people like you is enough to go, okay, there's still something out there though. And that kind of is why we press on with the conversation, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. We, we've always said that no matter what they reveal, they, there's going to be, a lot of it's going to be black tech, a lot of it's going to be prosaic, but you you and I have seen enough ourselves to kind of go, something else is present. 
are we going to have the conversation about it, you know? And and it doesn't all hinge on, you know, despite me wearing the Nimitz hat here, um, it doesn't hinge on the Nimitz. It doesn't hinge on those three videos. There's 70, 80 years of history. If you're being conservative, if you want to dive into it, we're talking centuries, millennia, you know? Um, like Gary Nolan said, I can't remember what podcast it was the other day, but he, he's starting to suspect that this thing has been here longer than us. Um, and that kind of implies one thing, but I, I suspect it, it's many things, you know? Absolutely. And anyway, folks, again, if you've had your own sightings, whatnot, if you want to get involved, a listener call-in is very much long overdue. I did record one or two calls back a few months ago, and just due to time, I've not had a chance to do any more. Send me over if you're interested coming on. It's not live. It's recorded. It's just a recorded conversation, and then I put it together to make it sound like an actual show. So let me know if you're interested. Just email UFO, UAPAM at gmail.com and we can sort something out. I uh, I have another joke from ChatGPT if you'd like me to share it. Oh, God. <laughs> what you can you turn do? off now, folks, if you want. <laughs> what do you do when an alien is angry? Mm, don't know. You give him some space. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access the shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer. A little Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Folk. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little bit. UFO podcast is sponsored by Zencaster. Zencaster is the all-in-one podcasting platform that allows you to remotely record and produce your show with the highest quality audio and video. All from the main dashboard, you can find a full suite of professional tools to get your show created and published in the easiest way possible. You'll always sound at your best as Zencaster's post-production takes the headache out of audio production, setting your loudness and levels while reducing background noise with one click. Zencaster records video up to 4K to give you the perfect picture quality, whether you're in a shed or a studio. Then Zencaster will distribute your video podcast in crisp 1080p to all video podcast players. The biggest feature for me, folks, is that I get the local file recording from each guest so their audio always comes through as best as it can, regardless of any choppy internet connections. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use code UFO Podcast and you'll get 40% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs, it's time to share your story.